May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. At the end of every calendar year, people often have particular tasks that they want to accomplish before the new year begins. Last-minute, end-of-the-year charitable gifts, for example. Or large, big-ticket purchases for your business so that they can be written off this year versus the next. I'll also bet that we know a lot of people who have maximum out-of-pocket costs in their medical plans that cram as many medical appointments into the month of December as they can get so that they will have less to spend come January than they have to spend, that they can spend less now than in January. There are all sorts of preparations we make for the close of the year. Today is the last Sunday of the church's liturgical year, the last Sunday of the church's worshiping year in our calendar. And instead of focusing on many of the concerns that will be taken care of at some point next month, we celebrate. We celebrate the feast of Christ the King, and we are invited to enter into our own spiritual checkup today. Even if everything turns out okay, sometimes checkups aren't fun. But they are oh so necessary with our mental health, our physical health, and they're also necessary for our spiritual health. The gospel nails it today. The readings we've heard over the past three weeks give us all sorts of illustrations of what the kingdom of God might be like. But today, we hear the nuts and bolts, the nitty-gritty. Feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, take care of the sick, and visit those in prison. Amazing that these tasks that we are here in our reading, these commandments still make sense to us 2,000 years later. And the truth be told, our ancestors, all of our relatives, our ancestors heard this same passage. The early church fathers in the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th century, the 16th century reformers, our country's own framers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and every bishop and priest that you have ever known has heard this message. And yet, how well do we do? Ouch. Today is a tough spiritual checkup. But today is not a lament. It is not Good Friday. And it is not a day to fast. It is a celebration, a feast day. When we celebrate Christ the King, we are reminding ourselves to put our whole selves into the arms of an unfailingly competent, holy, devoted God. We are reminding ourselves to give our whole selves to Jesus for his life and ministry, for the building up of his reign here on earth 
and in heaven. We're celebrating with Jesus with anticipation of being a part of the inbreaking of his kingdom here on earth, of being a part of the inbreaking of his kingdom here on earth. Let me put this a little differently. Jesus is giving ourselves permission to play, to visualize, to imagine what a world would be like. What if life for all of God's creation would be like if we actualized what Jesus talks about over and over and over again in his ministry? We get to formulate dreams that start mirroring God's dreams not just for ourselves, but for the whole world. There's a phrase here in our gospel that we read, and sometimes I think we overlook it, but it's so important. Jesus says this, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Notice that word, inherit. The kingdom of God isn't something that's an afterthought. It's something intentional that God is actually giving us. We're we're inheriting something invaluably wonderful. We're inheriting love. And the passage today teaches us one more way of how we can truly have that type of love that we need to follow Jesus. This self-emptying love, a love that does not expect anything in return. Because when we do the work Jesus tells us to do today, our hearts actually grow. They grow in the knowledge and the love of God, and we start taking on qualities that some Christians sometimes call living in the kingdom life. Living in the kingdom life. Here's how that kingdom life works around here. I'll be brief, but I think it's important for us to connect the dots here. For example, this very cathedral has been a pivotal founder of ICM Ministries in downtown, providing food and clothing and medical care for the working poor. Great things, but there's more. Members of the cathedral community, you and I and many others, live and do ministry in over 600 square miles of the greater Phoenix area. I bet that few other churches have that kind of reach. Members of our community craft quilts for the sick. Others bring communion to shut in. Some sit with those and go visit people in prison, and they call on our leaders to treat all of the incarcerated with fairness and dignity and respect. And in the past, and currently, this congregation has called on our public leaders to break the bonds of oppressions and inequalities for a wide variety of people in our area. But our work is not done. We have so much more to do. But here's my bet. If you ask anyone who sings in the choir, who sews for our quilters, who works in the visual arts ministry, who work with our families and youth, anyone who gives a tithe or some type of very intentional portion of their income to build up the life in the community here at Trinity Cathedral, 
or anyone who marches with our church in the AIDS walk or the NAMI walk or the Phoenix Pride Parade or who volunteers as an outreach minister in our ministries with Angel Tree or ICM or the Hans Park Conservancy or any number of literacy and health ministry programs in our area, here is what they will absolutely tell you. Their actions have drawn them closer into a reality of knowing and feeling a presence of a loving God that they had not previously experienced. Each person, in some way, we're all different here, but in some way, each person will be able to communicate a new sense of joy or a new sense of well-being or maybe even a conviction of some type, a new call a new call to new action because of their immersion in ministry, because of their immersion into the real life, the real life that Jesus is calling us to experience. And that call, my brothers and sisters, that call for us continues to this day. But sometimes, as in medical checkups or dental checkups or in spiritual checkups, we find a blockage. We get spiritual blocks in our lives that prevent us from feeling spiritually well. We have to figure out a way to get get back into life, real life, and follow Jesus and do what he wants us to do. We got to become, as a friend of mine puts it, naturally supernatural. Let me give you a case in point. About 20 years ago, a film came out called Viva Cristo Rey, Long Live Christ the King. It's a story about a very tumultuous time in the 1920s in Mexico, but specifically it's about a story of a priest who has a ministry among people in the slums of Juarez, Mexico. He teaches them how to pray for each other and how to build each other up during a time when nothing is adding up in their society. And in his ministry, he gets people to start going to prisons, to visit people in prisons in Juarez, and they also go and visit people in El Paso. And they find homes for prisoners once they're released, for their prisoners and their families. This movie shows in so many ways what it means to be naturally supernatural. For example, in one scene, the people have a farm where they grow food, but they appear that they they might not have enough for food to go around. If they have enough for, to feed 100 people and 400 show up, well, it's time to pray and to scrounge and to share and believe that there will be enough. The priest and the people in the movie aren't praying any kind of long-winded prayers. They're praying prayers of trust that put the whole community's faith in God's unfailingly competent and wholly devoted hands. Because of the witness of this ministry and this trust in God, the miraculous is manifest in the ordinary. God is able to work supernaturally in a very natural, of-this-world situation. This community has done the same thing over and over and over again. Think about it. 
you have survived the decline of downtown Phoenix in the middle of the last century and rebuilt this congregation. You've survived a series of societal, political shifts, and yes, sadly, even church disagreements from our past. And that has led you to identify your core values as a congregation. You've survived a devastating fire and rebuilt this place for God's glory as a cathedral for the ages. And you've reimagined congregational life in the forms of arts ministries, music ministries, and countless others. And you've not only reformulated the administration of this place, the spirituality of this place, the physical plant of this place, but you have ingrained in your spiritual DNA, you have ingrained in your spiritual DNA an openness and a willingness to treat each and every person who sets foot on this property as a beloved child of God. This is a naturally supernatural congregation. And so as our liturgical year draws to a close, we celebrate. We have our own personal and communal checkup. Today, we're also invited to pledge towards the benefit and building up of God's kingdom in this place. Our hearts, through doing all of this kind of stuff, our hearts align with God's heart. And we see how we're drawn deeper into the very heart of God. And we do all of this out of love. When we share our stories about this place and we dig really deep to find out how our common life and our common ministries have done naturally supernatural things, we continue to hear a call from Jesus to go further. We continue to work hard, really hard, to imagine something even greater. Because the glory of God in Jesus Christ is calling us deeper into an expansive and generous well of love that never ends. Christ is our strength and our love because he is our sovereign. We are invited to do the ministry we've been given. And we've invited, we are actually invited by God to inherit God's kingdom. The kingdom is a free and naturally supernatural, exciting gift because Jesus has showed us the way. How will you follow? Long live Christ our King.